Hello and welcome to the Fossil Huntress podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well. I woke up this morning thinking about the great Karoo, that beautiful, inhospitable, smoking hot and icy cold portion of the Eastern Cape of South Africa. And it's a place on the earth that records the wonderful fossil history of terrestrial animals during the Permian and Triassic. And it's one of the few places in the world where we can study extinction events on the land, on the terrestrial side during this time. And it gives us an insight into historical, biological change over time, and a means of testing theories of evolutionary processes. It's also a place of ticks and scorpions and cold cold weather and dry dry thirst and i thought we would go there today so wherever you are in the world fly with me over to africa down to her southern southern tip so below botswana and mozambique south of namibia and swaziland so we're going to go all the way down to a little bit east of cape town to the eastern cape of south africa and there we're gonna gear up and head out to the Great Karoo. My interest, and in fact my introduction to the Great Karoo, is credited to Peter Ward. So Peter is a professor of geology and paleontology down in Washington State, so at the University of Washington in Seattle. And I met him through Jim Haggart, who works at our local Vancouver Geologic Survey of Canada. And uh, Jim is um, an authority on many things, including our, our mollusks, and I have a great interest in those. And so Peter was up, I think, at one of the BCPA conferences and touting his new book, Gorgon, which he published around 2004. And so the title honors the gorgons or the gorgonopsias which are those large saber-toothed uh, therapsids so if um if a dinosaur and a saber-toothed cat had a baby that's kind of what they look like so these are um they were the largest predators of the late paleozoic and they we had them around from about the middle to the upper permian so roughly 265 to 252 million years ago and they had a long narrow skull with these big incisors and if you google gorgon or you uh, look for the book you'll see it on the cover and they were the dominant predators of the time they were kind of the t-rexes of that era and i purchased the book thinking it was going to be about the, that lovely species but it was about so much more so Gorgon is the tale, again, of paleontology and obsession and the great, greatest catastrophe to ever hit our Earth. So uh, back in the Permian, we got slammed in the middle of the Permian and then had a, another mass extinction event at the end. And Gorgon really tells the tale of Peter's work in South Africa and what it was truly like to explore the Great Karoo. So I'll, I'll share some of that with you. So the Gorgons ruled the world in the age of animals and on our terrestrial land long before the age of dinosaurs. So as I mentioned, they were the T-Rexes of their day and it was a major extinction event that wiped them out and it annihilated um, the Gorgons along with about 90% of all the plant and animal species on the planet. So that's on the land and in our oceans. And it was an event so terrible and so catastrophic 
that the extinction event at the end of the Cretaceous that wiped out the dinosaurs and our lovely ammonites just pales in comparison. So for more than a decade, Peter Ward and his colleagues searched through South Africa, Karoo's desert for clues to the world at that time and what happened and, and um, was it a one major extinction event, um, sort of a slam in one go or was it slow over time and how much of the animal species on this earth did we lose back in the middle Permian and then how much did we lose at the end of the Permian. So it was an event that set back the age of mammals by about 200 million years and um, it completely altered the course of history. So it would, if that event had not happened, we'd be living in a very different planet and you and I would likely not be here. So I would not be podcasting to you. Um, so it's a thrilling time in history and, and a wonderful place to kind of dig through and unravel those mysteries. Near the southern margin of the African continent, there's a ring wall of mountains that holds up a vast interior desert known as the Great Karoo. And it's far from anywhere in both space and time. The Karoo is a lost world. In the Khoikhoi language, Karoo means land of thirst, which is fitting. It's a broad plateau that's either too hot or too cold for human comfort and always dry. It's a place where Water is a rarity and where your skin and dries and ages overnight. It's a region where it can snow in summer and the temperatures can reach more than 100 degrees Fahrenheit on the shortest days of winter. On some days, the crew will be so dry that you need to drink four liters of water but still won't need to use the loo because you're so dehydrated. It's, it has incessant wind and the dust covers everything. In every crack and cranny, there are venomous snakes, cape cobras, puff adders that strike without warning and leave your flesh rotting. And that's even if you can get to an anti-venom serum. It's a place where scorpions and poisonous spiders abound, where there are thousands of varieties of flies to <laughs> seek out to feed on you, loving your eyes. It's a place where ticks and pathogens um, cling to every bit of brush and scrub and they make their way to the floor of your tent at night using your heat and carbon dioxide signature as a means to find you and bore into your skin. So Peter Ward goes on to describe more of uh, what it's like to collect in the crew. And at the end of his preface to Gorgon, he asks, who wouldn't go? And why wouldn't you go? And I laughed out loud. So one of the things about paleontology is it drives us to get out to places we wouldn't otherwise go to. And as I look at images of the Great Karoo, I think about Nevada, where I was a couple years ago, um, down in tarantula season. And, uh, you know, welcome to Nevada and welcome to South Africa. So it's a place of amazing fossils, but it is a brutal, brutal ancient and rocky and inhospitable landscape that um, you truly have to be committed to solving the mysteries of this world in order to explore. So we have a very vivid picture of what the Karoo is like today with its arid, inhospitable landscape, but 
what was the Karoo like millions of years ago and how did it form? So long ago at the beginning of the Paleozoic, so about 540 million years ago, life flourished in the seas, but only bacteria and some low fungi and moss lived on land. And that state of affairs didn't last, of course. And by about 300 million years ago, there's a flourishing diversity of creatures, including a full, rich suite of vertebrates inhabiting the continents. And around that time, the Karoo supergroup was formed. So it was formed in a vast inland basin starting about 320 million years ago. So at the time when that part of Gondwana, which would eventually become Africa, was way down in the South Pole. So icebergs had carved off glaciers and ice sheets in the north, and these deposited a one kilometer thick layer of mud containing drop stones of various sizes and origins. And this became the Dwika group, which is the base layer, the lowermost layer of the Karoo. As Gondwana drifted northwards, the basin turned into an inland sea with extensive swampy deltas along its northern shores. And the peat in these swamps eventually turned into the large coal deposits we mine today at the KwaZulu-Natal and on the Highveld. So this is a three kilometer thick layer known as the Eka Group. And it's overlain by the Beaufort Group, which was laid down on a vast plain with Mississippi-like rivers, depositing mud from an immense range of mountains to the south. So in those swampy deltas along the northern shores that would become the Karoo, ancient reptiles and amphibians prospered in those wet forests, and their remains have made the Karoo quite famous. So by about 260 million years ago, land animals were as common as dinosaurs and mammals would ever be. So we see um, some familiar enough creatures, so small lizards and salamander-like amphibians, and they were quite similar in shape, if not ancestry, to animals living today. But the larger animals would have been wholly unfamiliar. So these would have belonged to that assemblage of land animals, um, the uh, mammal-like reptiles, and they had a huge variety. So we have herbivores and scavengers, diggers, tree dwellers, and hunters, and of course, the T-Rex of the day. So the Gorgons, who were large, land-dwelling carnivores, about the size of a modern lion, but with uh, very few lion-like qualities. And these ancient carnivores had um, huge heads, huge narrow heads, with very large saber-like teeth, large lizard eyes, no visible ears, and perhaps a mix of uh, reptilian scales and tufts of mammalian hair. So their nails would have been relatively long and didn't retract like a kitty cat's nails can retract. They would have stayed out more like those of a wolf. And they had these big, broad, flat feet on stumpy legs. And they would have been just relentless carnivores eating up every other species of the day. So they are what we find in the Karoo. And they ruled a world of animals that were, but for a short evolutionary sweep, um, could have become the mammals of our day. But the large extinction events in the Permian pushed all of that possibility um, into extinction as first 
Uh, the middle Permian extinction event wiped out pretty much everybody and the end Permian extinction wiped every, all the rest of them out. So we had a, a few species that carried on, but so, so few that the mammalian age that could have become didn't become. And then we rose into the, the age of reptiles and dinosaurs. The first of the Karoo fossils that I know about were discovered in 1838 by Scots-born Andrew Geddes Bain. So he was working at a road cut setting near Fort Beaufort and he collected up some yummy fossil specimens and sent them back to the UK to the British Museum in London. And fellow Scotsman Robert Broom recognized these Karoo fossils as being mammal-like and characteristic and published on them in 1897. So after the Beaufort period, southern Africa, which at the time was still part of Gondwana, became an arid sand desert with only a few rivers and pans here and there. And these sands consolidated to form the Stormberg group. So the remnants of which we see today around the, um, in South Africa around the vicinity of Lesotho. And here, very interestingly, we find several dinosaur nests and these contain eggs and some of these eggs contain dinosaur fetal skeletons in them. So we found these rocks near what would have been a big swampy pan. And then by about 180 million years ago, volcanic activity took place on a, on a titanic scale, so just on a massive scale, which brought an end to the flourishing uh, reptilian evolution around this part of the world. And these genera represent some of the extinct, mainly pre-dinosaur animals of the Karoo. So it was those large lava outpourings that ended the Karoo deposition of rock. So they covered not only the African surface, but other parts of Gondwana as well with a 1.6 kilometer thick layer of basaltic lava. And it forced its way under high pressure between the horizontal layers of the sedimentary rock that belonged to the Eka and the Beaufort groups. And it did a number of things. So it did a number on the fossils we might have found there, but it also solidified them into the dolerite sills. So um, it wreaked havoc on what we could have found had they eroded near the surface. And it's around that time that we experience our, our big Permian extinction events. And these um, huge mass extinction events are not unusual in our Earth's history. So they're very destructive and they changed the course of mammalian history, which was set to sort of become the age of mammals about 250 million years ago. And that was put on hold significantly and, and came after the age of dinosaurs. So there's no doubt that massive extinction events, and there have been five in the last uh, half a billion years, so in the last 500 million years, that changed the course of history. And many of these beautiful species that we've lost are recorded in their life and how they lived and with whom they lived in their communities in the Great Karoo.